Happy New Year. We hear this a lot this last week. Happy New Year. But it's not always happy. If you're like a lot of people, you are considering how last year went. Maybe you're not entirely satisfied with how it went. Maybe there's been some bumps in the road, some regrets, and the new year's looming ahead of us all overwhelming with possibility and uh, opportunity. And we just don't even have a clue where to start or where to turn. And we also might be feeling some letdown, middle of the winter blues and Christmas debt. And maybe there's been some uh, ghosts from Christmas past that visited you over the holidays as well. There's a lot to deal with. You're not alone in that. And my special guest today is coming to us from the Canadian Mental Health Association. Giselle Kutruski is just a phenomenal resource of what they have to offer that can really help you get forward, get out of the slump that you might be finding yourself in. And it's interesting to note that our mental health does affect us physically. And sometimes we just throw things at the physical symptoms and we try and solve that thinking we don't have time for how our mental health is. We hear that catchphrase a lot. We think, yep, it's out there. It doesn't affect me or it does affect me. I just don't have time to look into that right now. But it does affect us physically. It affects the people around us and it becomes a vicious cycle. Let's meet Giselle and I think you're going to find our conversation encouraging because there is help, real help. It's free. It's easily available, easy, easily to access, and it is actually something that works. Hi, Giselle. Welcome to the show. I am really excited to introduce you to the audience because the work you do and the organization that you're with offers so much help and support for people. and sadly many aren't even aware that it's there and that it's available to them so welcome please tell us about yourself what you do your why what led you to to do the work you do and then let's dig into what's available for people hi dina thanks for, thanks for inviting me to be here i'm Giselle with canadian mental health in central alberta but we do serve a very wide um, range across alberta and across the country and I'm a registered social worker for the last almost 20 years now. And I do what I do mostly because I love what I do, but I also see the value in it. I've worked in a lot of different areas and also uh, watching my friends and family navigate their own physical health and their own mental health and just wanting to work towards having people become fully whole and healthy individuals and know how to get that support. That's incredible. And I'm so appreciative and so grateful that there are people like you out there who are leading these types of change and cultural change that also makes support more accessible, but the awareness that the need is there. And I think we just plug through our life, you know, one step at a time thinking, yeah, I'm going to tough through this and we maybe get deeper and deeper in a place that is harder to get out of and not realize it's it's okay to to not be okay to reach out and ask for help and that there is help there and that stigma i think i really want to 
Let's start there because I think that is a huge barrier to people getting the help that they need. Would you would you say that that's maybe one of the hardest things to convince people? Absolutely. I think we have in our mind that despite all you know the good work that's been done over the years to encourage people to seek help for their mental health and understand that it's no different than physical health, there's still a ton of stigma that if I'm not doing well emotionally, there's something wrong with me, that I just need to figure it out, that that help isn't for me, it's for people worse than me. Um, lots of people just minimizing the needs that they do have to support their mental and emotional health and downplaying how that impacts so many things in their life and thinking that there is something inherently wrong with them if they need that support. Yes. Um, that it's a weakness, it's a failure. Absolutely. And I really like what you say around, we, we tend to downplay it, but we also don't realize how it's affecting all areas of our life. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole, it plays a piece in our whole health. Um, our mental health impacts our physical health. And sometimes it's just that manifesting of symptoms, you know, our stomach feels off, we have a headache because we're stressed out or we're not coping well, but also by not addressing our mental health, it does actually affect our physical health. I hate to say the word legitimately, but the way we think of physical ailments, long-term stress impacts chemicals in our body that can then actually lead to long-term issues within our you know, digestive system within our limbic system, within our, our muscles and our body that will then need additional support physically. Um, there's also a ton of research right now when we're holding emotions and in, in our body, it is, we can't release that physical ailment until we actually address the emotional component to it. They go hand in hand. I know even for myself, I saw my massage therapist over Christmas and she said, what was going on with you? Have you, have you knowing what I do for a living? She said, have you addressed kind of what's going on? Because you're blocked more than just tight muscles. And I think we need to realize that they do go hand in hand, mental and physical health, and we can't address one without addressing the other. Well, and Giselle, would you say that this can become a vicious cycle as well? Because as the mental health isn't addressed, it starts affecting our physical health. As we aren't feeling healthy, we're feeling maybe of pain, digestive issues, whatever it is physically, now that impacts our mental health and drags us down as, and it just perpetuates itself and becomes worse. Absolutely. I mean, if you're not feeling well, then physically, then yeah, it does drag you down emotionally and you're tired and you're not, your coping skills and mechanisms aren't where they need to be. And then that drags your mental health down. And then it is, it just becomes a cycle that people don't know how to get out of and, and they don't recognize. Um, and again, some of that is that stigma again, that component, oh, well, if you're telling me it's related to my physical symptoms are related to my mental health, you're saying it's all in my head and I'm crazy. And that's not Ooh. what we're saying at all, right? We're saying it it plays. And I know for myself, that took me um, whew, many, many years to, to wrap my head around that when I was doing my education and my training. That yeah, that is not what we're saying. We're saying they play off of each other. But just because we're saying your physical ailment might be related to your mental health, we're not saying it's all in your head or you're crazy. That ailment is still real, real and it's there but you have to work on both sides, the physical and the mental to cure it. It's not going to be one or the other. 
I am so glad that you clarified that and addressed that misconception of what what we're saying and and what what the message is. It's not just in your head. Now I would um I would tend to think that people feel more comfortable trying to deal with the symptoms, the physical symptoms and keep doing things towards these physical symptoms over and over and maybe having some success, but not completely taking care of it or just masking it. And like you say, it's hand in hand. And if, if we can acknowledge that and say, Hey, that's cool. I realize there is something deeper there emotionally that's manifesting itself physically or impacting. Maybe it's not hundred percent related to the physical, but it's definitely impacting it. Yeah, I don't think it's all or nothing, but yeah, it definitely impacts it. And I think particularly for women, we often get dismissed. So we want to advocate to make sure our physical needs aren't getting shoved under the rug as something, you know, oh, it's mental health or it's your emotions. We want to make sure we're still advocating for that, but we also want to look at both sides of it. Well, and historically women have, oh, they had hysterics or they had whatever. And they... (laughs) They had legitimate, uh, whether it was abuse, whether it was uh, whatever with the culture or their lifestyle or the way they were valued, they had legitimate claims and concerns. And if they spoke up about it, then they were hushed. They were pushed aside. There was a very strong stigma about their mental stability and they were, you know, it was questioned um, right away. And so that really hushed people and it's still part of our culture especially like you say with the women so it is a struggle Absolutely. i think the other thing that we you know it's one thing to suffer choose to let yourself suffer choose to just ignore some things and and tough it out but another area that is affected is it ripples out to those around us whether it's our family our co-workers our community mm-hmm. and that that whole our health and or lack of mental health then affects those around us, which then can affect their mental health. It's just, it really can ripple out and become so much harder than to deal with because now, now there's that effect. There's a way that you're kind of identified. There's a persona that you, it it just, it really settles in and it's, and, and it's hard to, to break free from that. Like you said, it does impact your family, your community, your coworkers, if you're in the workplace, uh, the people you interact with. And then, yeah, people sometimes do get labeled a certain way or perceived a certain way. And then moving forward is harder. So if, um, one of the things we really do is seek to educate the public as a whole in you know, uh, what does mental health look like and it doesn't always look like what you think. Um, it could be the person that is getting easily agitated in the workplace. Um, you know, they're not coping as well. It could be the person you see at the grocery store that, you know, gets grumpy and walks away. It, it could be someone you see that seems extra emotional. Um, it can be anyone that walks through your path and, you know, one behavior that you may think is that person, there's something wrong with that person or that person's just not a nice individual. There could be more going on for them and we need to be compassionate as well. I'm happy you said that. I hear 
mental health now. It's a, it's a catchphrase. People are getting, you know, on that bandwagon and we hear it so much, but I suspect that in many cases, that's as far as it goes. It's, it's a trendy thing to say that you support and encourage others, but really are we, are we like, at least we're saying the words, at least we're, we're getting there. I think that's part of the process. I'm not criticizing people for using that, but let's, let's take that next step. And I like what you say, where it's not, it's not uh, the person that you're seeing. It's what is causing that? What has happened to you? I like what Jody Carrington said on the podcast was, uh, you know, it's not, how could you do that? Or how could you, you know, be that way or whatever it is? It's what has happened to you? And let's, let's dig in and, and learn more about that. And I like, so you, so you mentioned some of the education that you're working on towards that. Can you tell us more about what CMHA has? And that's uh, Canadian Mental Health Association. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have um, a whole wellness department and uh, we are part of a national movement called Recovery College. So what Recovery College is, and again, um, we don't want to perpetuate stigma, but um, sometimes that word does have people wondering, is this for me? So what Recovery College is, is actually meeting anyone where they're at on their journey to wellness. It is not targeting individuals with addiction. It's not targeting anyone that has a formal diagnosis, although you're welcome if you do have a formal diagnosis. Uh, we offer community-based programs to help people improve their own mental health where they're at. We want to make things really accessible. Um, we want to help remove that stigma. So if people are wanting to come in and get some support, it is all um, peer-led. So we have certified peer facilitators, people who have gone through their own journey with mental health or caring for someone with significant mental health concerns. So they really understand where people are at and have battled some of that stigma themselves and um, come out the other side of it. So it can really be supportive for people. We offer courses on building better boundaries, on having difficult conversations. We have something called the ABCs of Emotional Coping. Um, we have managing with mental health in mind, which is for entrepreneurs and community leaders. So they feel they have a safe place um, with other like-minded people to discuss their own mental health and how to support the individuals who work with them or work for them in their own and maintaining their mental health in the workplace. Um, we have beating the winter blues, really anything that you might want to help on your own journey of wellness, we do offer it. Um, we also take feedback from our community. So if there is a need in our community, um, we develop our courses in-house um, with supports from our Alberta division as a whole. So we do have the opportunity to develop things if needed. Um, one that we're going to roll out in the next couple months is advocating for your mental health. So it's gonna be a four session series on how to have those difficult conversations with your employer, how to have those conversations with friends and family, how to know what your rights are, and, and also how to get the support you need and set appropriate boundaries. These are incredible. Like I can't even think of an area you haven't covered or that you don't offer something. Now, these all sound amazing. How do people access this and what does it look like? Is it a big commitment? Is it drop in? How, how do they get into these type of programs. 
We're going to get right to our conversation with Giselle Kucharski and find out how you can easily access all of this help. It's free and it's easy to access. And she's going to tell us more about that. But I also have an invitation for you. Your opinion and your feedback really, really matter. I want to be able to serve you and help you in the best way possible. If you could complete a really quick survey that the link is in the show notes that will give me an idea of what's working, what isn't working, what you need, and how I can help you. I would really appreciate it. In fact, I'm going to enter your name in a draw for multiple gift cards to win just as a way of showing my appreciation for people who have stepped up and let us know how we can help you better. We also have online support groups every two weeks. So please check for those links in the show notes. Those are online, they're easy to access and you have a chance to ask questions and get help. And if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling alone, we're here to help you. Now let's get back to our conversation with Giselle. So it depends on the course. First off, I'll start with everything is free. There is no cost for any of these programs. So that is not a barrier. Um, we also offer them, everything is blended. So to remove any barriers for people coming. So by blended, I mean, they're offered in person in our office in Red Deer, and they're also offered online at the same time. So if you're online, you're interacting with the group as a whole, um, but you don't have to leave the comfort of your home. Sometimes that's just difficult to make that first step, and sometimes it's childcare. We just wanna make it as successful as possible for people to be able to address their mental health, their emotional wellness, whatever they like to, to call it. Um, I'm going to jump in here too, Giselle. Uh, I want you to share the website, but you are central Alberta based. However, I was really encouraged to hear that anyone can access this. They don't have to be from either Red Deer or the central Alberta area. Absolutely. We have had um, individuals from Ontario. We've had people from Japan come online and join our programs. We have had people from all across Canada. Um, sometimes it's the timing is better um, for different time zones. Sometimes it's a matter of wanting anonymity. Sometimes it's just the courses we offer are more appealing to people. Um, we are open to anyone across Canada and, and the world, but we primarily see people from Canada. Amazing. And your website? Yeah, so it's C-M-H-A Red Deer, R-E-D-D-E-E-R dot C-A. And then there's a Recovery College link right on there. And you click on that and it gives you all of our courses. And of course, we will have that available in the show notes as a direct link to your website. Um, We also have what's called Daily Check-In. And it runs from 8.30 to 9.30, Monday to Friday. And it's a good chance for individuals who are maybe struggling in that moment to connect with like-minded people. Um, we do grounding um, in the morning to help people ground for their day. Um, we do a little bit of education on whatever our topic is. Sometimes it's boundaries, sometimes it's difficult conversations. Um, and then we set a plan for the day. So people um, work with our facilitators to kind of set what their plan is for the day, how they're going to get their social interactions, any difficult things they need to accomplish, how they're going to get up and moving. And then um, the group keeps each other accountable throughout the week. So a lot of people find that really um, helpful. That's incredible. I, I can imagine how encouraging that would be when even the night before, 
and they're like, okay, I have a check-in in the morning. I know I'm going to be meeting with some people. We're going to, we're going to ground or we're going to help plan my day or help figure yeah. out how I'm going to face tomorrow. And I think, you know, that must be incredible. Now I want to go back to the recovery college programs. Yeah. What happens? Let's just, just pick any of them that you want. And let's just give a little example of what happens when I show up to one of these. Okay. So you show up in person or online, you're going to be welcomed by our facilitators. Um, they're going to kind of get a little information from you about your comfort level and participating, um, maybe what brought you there, just anything to help make you feel really welcome. Um, and then we do have a variety of lengths. So some of our sessions are just, you know, single sessions, an hour to an hour and a half. Some might be a series, so it might be four or six weeks. Um, so they'll make sure you know all of that when you sign up. And then you'll be part of a group. There'll be a big screen in the room if you're in person. Um, if you're online, you'll be on that big screen so that you can actively participate. Uh, participation is optional. So it starts off um, with education. So whatever the topic is, if it's building better boundaries, we'll walk you through some of that educational material. There's a lot of room for discussion. And so our programs are designed in a way that they're very interactive because if you're going there, you you may have a situation you're wanting to work through. So you can work with our facilitators. If you're struggling in that moment, we always have two facilitators. So there's the option to have a facilitator kind of pull you aside and work individually if you're struggling in that moment, because we know sometimes our course material can be tr triggering just by the nature of addressing our mental health concerns. So we always have that safety for people. Should it be a hard time, we have someone that can support you if that's what you need and then bring you back into the group when you're ready. So it is it is safe through the whole way. Our, our key thing is always making sure people feel really safe because it's a big step to walk into a room and say, I need to learn how to have some boundaries or I'm struggling with emotional coping and I need to learn some skills. So we, we do wanna make sure people know it's a safe space. I would also say it's very empowering when you overcome when you, you know, get that support and realize I've been in that space with that group. And we, we discussed, you know, where I'm at or where others are at and, and learned some mm -hmm. tools. So it, it can be intimidating and, and overwhelming maybe, but also very empowering when, yes, when you and, achieve and we that. Often, yeah. And we often hear that when people are, are done the session that, yeah, they feel relieved and like you said, being empowered. And, and really supported and less alone than they did when they walked through the doors. Um, the sessions are typically an hour to hour and a half with, like I said, that mix of interaction and education. And then there's always the opportunity to connect at the end to make sure you're supported. And then normally our facilitators will follow up within the week just to kind of see if, if there's any extra support you need or any referrals that might need to happen. And then we go from there. That's incredible. That you've really thought of everything in the, in the structure of this, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that there are facilitators there that can support people. And if they come in and they are struggling, they aren't alone. Not only are they not alone, the, the group is there supporting, but there's, there's facilitators that they can then just step aside and, 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 you know, just help them deal or help walk through whatever it is that they're experiencing and offer some tools that then they can take away with them to use in another situation. And that is kind of the power of, of the peer support model. 
Um, it's people that have been there themselves. They've learned the tools and they're able to share them. We are not professional therapists within these groups. So we make sure if, if that support is needed that we can connect people where they need to be. But yeah, the power of peer support is just that. It's that coming alongside, someone understands where you've been. They can teach you the stuff, um, the tools that have worked for them and provide you some additional options and, and really be there for you. Um, we also have groups for caregivers. If oh. someone is caring for someone, whether it be a child, a spouse, a close friend, they're caring for someone with significant mental illness. Uh, we have groups Tuesday evenings for those individuals. And again, that is online and in person. Incredible. Yeah. Because that helps then extend that support to those who need it. You're now caring for the caregivers because that is very draining and exhausting for them. Yeah. And, and again, another group of individuals who really need to know they're not alone mm -hmm. and able to share the, the messy moments that go with supporting someone and get that support back themselves. As anyone who's listened to many of my podcasts or, or when I speak, and I am always trying to encourage people to work towards building more compassion and that they realize they aren't alone. So, you know, just to reach out to not to not think that you know what's going on in somebody's life. Uh, things aren't always as they appear. Everyone has a story. You're not alone. And let's build a community of compassion. And it, so what your work involves and, and what you are doing um, and through your organization as well. All of those are addressed. And I think that's just incredible. Now, to wrap this up, I really want us to talk about right now, after Christmas, those post-Christmas, midwinter mental health issues. And, you know, that's why I really wanted to jump in, get this episode out there right away. So people know that one of the toughest times is um, we acknowledge it and here's some help. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's so many uh, reasons that lead to people struggling this time of year, but most people struggle in one way or another this time of year, whether it's the letdown after all the Christmas celebrations and just kind of feeling those kind of winter blues, it's getting colder, it's darker, we're not seeing as many people now that the holidays are over and people don't get out as much this time of year. For some people, it's financial. Um, there's been stressors after the holidays, it's an expensive time of year, and that pressure is on people and it's hard to cope and it's hard to feel that there's light at the end of the tunnel after that season and it's also an expensive time of year with fuel and heating and <laughs> it just leads to all of that. Um, for some people, Christmas is just hard and they don't have the family support and they see everyone else around them and again that thing how we put things out to the world and expect things to be a certain way and for people that Christmas isn't a happy family time or there's trauma that's been had at that time of year um December going into January is still hard they're feeling you know the letdown of why don't I have what we I think everyone else has and now I really feel alone because there's not even stuff going on in the community or for that perception of it's a better time of year. There are just, that's just a couple 
of things right off the top of my head that just add to this time of year being really hard for people. And and we see it through our doors. We see just before Christmas that stress for individuals who where finances are hard and trying to make that perfect Christmas for their family or trying to deal with the ghosts of Christmas past, for lack of a better word. And we're starting to see it now for people who are feeling that letdown and that isolation and loneliness after having some support through the holidays and seeing family and friends. I love that phrase, ghosts of Christmas past. I think that's like, that's a great way of, of putting it. Another thing that I'm sensing as well, uh, you know, with the people I'm around uh, with work and that is when the new, when the calendar flips into that new year and you just think, oh, that year's gone and I, I didn't do all the things I wanted to do. And now I'm overwhelmed with this whole new year in front of me and I, I have to make sure I, I accomplish all these things and make it count. And, and there's just that whole high low feeling of uh, not even you know where do I even start yeah absolutely and people put a lot of pressure on themselves at the start of a year like you said and at the end of a year looking back and going did I was it the year I wanted did I accomplish what I was supposed to but also the start of the year and we often see a rush of people as well in believe it or not February when people have gone gung-ho into trying to make their life change like working out or, you know, um, eating better or, you know, addressing their mental health or trying to address trauma. And then in February, we see a rush of people again, feeling that letdown of it's February and I've already failed because people don't give themselves credit for any little changes. And they also, yeah, sometimes people just go too hard, too fast without understanding how to pace themselves. And so we also see that about a month from now with people going, I tried and I failed already. So it's good to have some information now, Absolutely. a month ahead of time. Just pause, pace, yeah. uh, celebrate your wins. Be kind to yourself. Be, yes, be kind. Don't don't try and push yourself too hard. And if I recall, I think it is in February that there's um, a day that's, it's like a mental health day. It's considered the lowest day. Is it the seventh or some? I can't remember the date, but there is. Yeah. February. And it's recognized yeah. that you aren't alone in that either, you know. And, and uh, that's, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and that's how family day, at least in this province came to be, to understand that the winter is long, particularly in Alberta and um, the suicide rates were climbing. And as a result, um, family day came came of that, an, an extra day to take time to be with your family, knowing that February is a really hard month. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting, Giselle. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand that it was there was that was the intention, or at least the part of the instigation be, behind starting that and offering that for people, and not just um, you know oh, well, let's throw in another holiday here. <laughs> it yeah. was it was intended. So don't feel guilty if you just like completely veg that day, whatever it is that you you need for your mental health and plan ahead. So we're, we're saying, okay, you're not alone right now. It's a tough time of year for you and many, many others. Pace yourself, be kind to yourself and plan for, yeah. okay, do something special. What is it that you need? 
have that to look forward to that time. Instead of it being a low time, kind of look forward to that, create something good. Whether you have family nearby or not, allow yourself to use that day to to recharge. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you, Giselle. We're going to have you back because we've barely touched the tip of the iceberg here of what is available for people, what is out there. And we, I want to dig in more to some of the programs that you offer and really, you know, take, take this mental health support seriously and help people understand that it, it is something that can affect so much of your life that maybe you haven't realized and you aren't alone and it's okay to reach out and ask for that support. And there's all kinds of support available. So I would really encourage everyone to go and check out uh, cmharedeer.com. We'll have that link in the show notes with a, a direct access to all of these things that we've talked about today. Now, Giselle, is there anything I didn't even <laughs> mention this earlier? I'm just kind of throw you under the bus here. Is there any parting piece of encouragement or wisdom or, or tip or advice or life hack or something that you have found is really powerful that you would like to share with and leave the audience with today? Yeah, it's, it kind of touches on something you said earlier, but for me, when I'm interacting with others, I, I really want to be curious and, and not jump to that first thought. So for me, yeah, that life hack would be when you're meeting someone new and you're out in public and you're in a busy grocery store and you're seeing someone that maybe has you concerned or upset, be curious. You never know what's going on. I love that. Be curious and no judgment. Because that's how we would like to be treated. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you so much, Giselle. I appreciate you spending time with us here today. And I really look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through whatever life changes you're facing. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, lifechangesmag.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine and Channel, and Divorce Resource Groups are intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, Life Changes Channel, as well as the Divorce Resource Groups, do not constitute endorsements for, nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.